Yeah, come on, let's put our hands together and celebrate the nation of Canada. How many, how many happy, proud Canadians are in the house today? Yeah, happy and proud Canadians, amen. Amen. Well, you may take a seat. We, this is our Sunday service before Canada Day, and we want to celebrate this great nation of Canada. And I want to give a shout-out welcome to all of our online church that are watching today and our many guests from across our city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, and even globally around the world that have joined us today. Now, folks, I know everything has changed, and now we discover that we're, we're not at this moment permitted to, to sing corporately together in church, and that announcement just came out early this week. And that's all right, because we know that worship is more than a song that we sing. Amen? And there's an expression that's been going around the office. We're just trying to make some lemonade out of life's lemons. And I think the Lord is teaching us stuff and showing us stuff and everything is going to be all right. We're not going to focus on what we can't do. We're going to focus on what we can do. Amen? And, and, and now we're told that we have to all wear a mask when we gather in a place of worship. And so you see me wearing my Darth Vader mask, for those who remember that, my welding mask, my astronaut mask, you call it what you want. But you know what, church? I'm not so concerned about a fashion statement today. I'm glad that I can be in fellowship with my brothers and sisters in the Lord today. And I'm just glad to be here. How many people are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Isn't it great? Isn't it great? And everything is going to be all right. Amen. Well, I have a, a, a word stirring in my heart that I can't wait to share with you. And I want to talk to you today for a few moments in our unfamiliar sermon series. This is the final message. And I want to talk to you today for a few moments about a 2020 watchman. And when I say 2020, I'm talking about two things. Number one, the year 2020. But number two, I'm talking to you about having a 2020 clear vision, a watchman. I believe that God has been speaking to me to share with you today that he's calling you and I to function as a 2020 watchman. And so today I want to start by giving you just a, a definition from the ancient Hebrew word watchman because the ancient Hebrew word watchman is mentioned in six Old Testament books. Six Old Testament books. And it's mentioned 17 times in those six Old Testament books. And a watchman simply means, from the ancient Hebrew word, one who looks out, or one who watches out. You look out, or you watch out. But even when you study the ancient Hebrew word, it's not just one who looks out or one who watches out, but one who guards. Do you find it interesting in our national anthem, we, we talk about standing on guard for thee. I believe that God is calling you and I to function in 2020 as a watchman. And in just a couple of moments, I'm going to share with you some thoughts about the Old Testament military watchman. And then I'm going to share with you a few thoughts about the Old Testament prophetic watchman. And as I bring those thoughts together, I'm going to explain and share with you what I believe God wants you and I to be as a 2020 watchman. And so this morning, for a couple of moments, I want to invite you to go with me to my favorite Old Testament book. How many people, you got a favorite book of the Bible? I, I do. 
And my favorite Old Testament book is the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is rich with truth and meaning. It's powerful. I love the book of Isaiah. And for a few moments today, I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 21, verse 6, down to verse 12. And I want to share with you briefly today three keys to becoming a 2020 watchman. Three keys to becoming a 2020 watchman. And after I share this message, we're going to stand and we're going to pray. We may not be able to sing, but we can speak out loud the word of God, which we've done today. Wasn't that great, folks? How many people are glad that Parliament Building is covered with scriptures? Come on, how many people are glad that Parliament Building is covered with scriptures? And although we may not be able to corporately sing today, we can pray. And so we're going to call upon the name of the Lord. We've come together to read scripture out loud. We've come together to pray out loud. We've come together to bask in worship. We come together to to experience God's word. So the first key that I want to say to you today, if we're going to become a 2020 watchman, I must understand the mission, the role, the purpose of the watchman. I must understand it. And I want to take you now for a couple of moments to Isaiah 21, verse 6. And Isaiah said in verse 6, this is what the Lord said to me. Isaiah speaks what he felt God say to him. And God said to him two things. Go post a lookout or go post a watchman. When it says lookout, that's the New International Version translation of a word that means watchman. Go post a lookout, go post a watchman and have him report what he sees. Have him report what he sees. Now, I want to describe for you the Old Testament military watchman. Because if you were living back in the days of the Old Testament, cities were surrounded by a wall. Remember Jericho had a wall? Remember they marched around the city and and the wall came down? You know the story. Jerusalem would have a wall surrounding it. Every ancient city had a wall surrounding the city to guard and protect the city. And because there was a wall that surrounded and guarded the city, they would appoint a military soldier, a watchman, an Old Testament military watchman that would be posted on the wall, high up on the wall. And often on top of the wall, there would be a tower. And the watchman would climb up the tower and would be standing in the tower, watching day and night, looking to see if an enemy was coming to attack. And the watchmen needed to have perfect vision. They didn't have telescopes. They didn't have binoculars. They needed 20-20 vision. They needed to have the soldier who had the best eyes, who would stand up on the watchtower and and watch and, and wait and look day and night to see if an enemy was coming. And if he saw an enemy coming, he would report to the people inside the city that an enemy was coming. And then they would close the gate. And then they would line up the soldiers. And they would get ready for the attack. So I want you to write this in your notes. The two ancient purposes of a watchman Number one is to watch. Number one, to watch. And when they watched, they would wait. They would, they would look and they would stand and they would stand for hours. They would stand during the entire night and stand during the entire day and look into the distant horizon. And the higher up they were, the further they could see. So number one, they would watch. And number two, they would warn. They would watch 
and they would warn. I mean, there's times it wasn't an enemy coming, and they'd say, no, 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 it's not an enemy. These are friends coming our way. And, but often it was an enemy attacking. And so the Old Testament watchmen would watch and warn to stand on guard and to protect the city. Now, that's the Old Testament military watchmen. But there were also Old Testament prophetic watchmen. One of them was Isaiah. Another one was Ezekiel. You can write in your notes Ezekiel 33, verse 7, and it's a great verse, Ezekiel 33, verse 7, where God said to Ezekiel, I have appointed you as a watchman over the house of Israel, over my people in Israel. Listen to what I say and warn them. So God would raise up an Old Testament prophet who wouldn't be standing on a wall to see a physical enemy coming, but would be in the place of prayer to hear the heart and the voice of God, what God is saying to them for the nation to warn them to hear the heart of God and to speak prophetically to the people so that they would be protected, so that they would know what was happening. And often in the Old Testament, the people did not receive the word of the Old Testament prophetic watchmen. So what we have learned today, you've got a physical watchman, a military watchman, and then you've got a prophetic watchman, and both of their jobs was to watch and to warn. The military watchman would watch physically. The prophetic watchman would watch spiritually. And the prophetic watchman would hear the heart of God. Isaiah was one. Ezekiel was one. Habakkuk was one. You could read in Habakkuk chapter 2 that God was raising up Habakkuk to be a a watchman for, for, for God's people. But here's what I believe God has been saying to me, and this is the word. God is calling you and me to function as the watchman. Now, if you're watching today online or you're sitting here in the auditorium and you're a parent, I want to invite you to be the watchman for your family. I want you to be alert. I want you to perceive what is going on around you. I want you to know what is happening in the lives of your children. I want you to be aware of what is happening in society. I want you moms and dads to stand on guard for your family as a watchman. Can I hear an amen today? I want you to know what is going on. I don't want you to be idle. I don't want you to be aloof. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to stand on guard and be alert of what is going on so that you can be a watchman for your family. Somebody give a little amen today. I believe God is calling me as your pastor and your pastoral team and your leadership board to be watchmen for this church. I believe God is calling us to stand on guard for this church, that we would be alert, that we would be aware, that we would be prepared, that we would be in the place of prayer, that we would hear the heart of God. I don't want to stand up on a Sunday morning and just give you just a simple little message. I want to give you the heart of the living God. I want to share with you what I feel the Lord has been saying to me. I believe that God is calling people in the nation of Canada 
to be watchmen for the nation of Canada. Folks, these are challenging days. You know that. These are difficult days. You know that. And we need to stand on guard for the nation of Canada. This country was built on a spiritual foundation. My prayer is that he would have dominion from sea to sea. He would reign over the nation of Canada. That God would send revival across the nation of Canada. Somebody shout a little amen in this place. God is calling you and I to be a 2020 watchman. That's a word for everybody in this house. That's a word for everybody in this church. That is a word for everyone that is watching across Canada and around the world. There's the Old Testament military watchman. There's the Old Testament prophetic watchman. But God is calling us to have the same mantle of a watchman, to watch and to warn. The second thing I believe the Lord wants me to share with you today, number two, is I must understand the methods. We, we, we understand the purpose, we understand the mission, but now we have to understand the methodology of how the watchman watches and warns. And I want to take you to verse seven and verse nine. I'm not going to spend long on this. I, I just want to offer you these thoughts and I think they're going to make sense. Number one, I believe that the first method of the watchman is to be vigilant. Vigilant. I must be vigilant in my watching. Vigilant means I must be careful. Vigilant means I must be specific. Vigilant means I must be alert. I want you to look at verse 7. Because Isaiah said about the watchman, the military watchman, when he sees chariots with teams of horses... Riders on donkeys or riders on camels. Let them be alert. Let them be fully alert. Now you could read that verse and overlook it and miss the truth, but here's the truth. This, this was 689 BC. 689 years before the birth of Jesus. And here's what was happening. Here's what was going on. The, the, the Assyrians were attacking Babylon. And, and God's people in Israel were nervous that after the Assyrians attacked Babylon, that the Assyrians were coming after Israel. And so God said to Isaiah, post a watchman on the wall. Now, now look, look, look at the screen. Look at verse 7. When he sees chariots with teams of horses. Now, what you need to know is the Assyrians would be known to be riding with chariots and horses. He said, or if you see riders on donkeys or riders on camels. Now, the Persians would always be riding on donkeys, and the Persians would be riding on camels. That's why it gives a distinguishment between, between the horses and the chariots and the donkeys and the camels, because different armies would ride on different animals. In other words, God was saying to, to Isaiah to tell the watchman, you be alert. You, you tell me who's coming. Are they, are they with chariots or are they on donkeys or, or, or are they on camels? Because we need to know, is this the, is this the Assyrians or, or is this the Persians? And how many are coming? You've got to be alert. And I believe God is saying to me to say to you, moms and dads, church leaders, congregants, believers in Jesus Christ, we need to be alert as to what's going on in the world today. We can't bury our heads in the sand. We can't ignore it. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to be vigilant. 
We've got to be fully alert because the devil is roaming around like a lion seeking who he can devour. Satan wants to destroy the nation of Canada. Satan wants to destroy the church. Satan wants to use the coronavirus to shut the church down. Satan wants to use things in this world today to silence the church. We need to be alert as to what's going on. Somebody give a little amen. We've got to be alert. The second thing that I I just want to share with you, number two, we've got to be vigorous in our warning. Vigorous means strong. Vigorous means don't be silent. Vigorous means stand up for what you believe. Vigorous means speak it out. Now, I want to read to you verse 8 and verse 9, and it's going to make sense here. In verse 8, and the lookout shouted. Now, it doesn't say this in the New International Version, but, but in the King James Version and in the ancient Hebrew, it says, as a lion. Now stay with me. Satan is roaming around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. But Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. They say that a lion's sound is so loud that when a lion roars, it can be heard for up to 10 miles. That's how loud a lion's roar is. They say a lion has such short eyelashes that when it is sleeping, it looks like its eyes are open. It looks like it never sleeps. And I'll tell you, church, we need to be alert. We need to be loud. We need to be courageous. We need to be bold as the lion of the tribe of Judah. This is not the time for the church to be the sleeping giant. This is for the church to rise up and say, we are standing on guard for the nation of Canada. This is the time for the church to say, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the hope. Jesus is the one who can change Canada. We, we need to stand tall for the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Somebody give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord. Now I want you to look at verse 8 again. I'm going to read verse 8 and 9. And the lookout shouted, that's a line, day after day, my Lord, I stand on the watchtower. Every night I stay at my post. It's like I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been standing, I've, I've been waiting. Look at verse 9. Look, here comes a man in a chariot with a team of horses. And now, now it's a little confusing, but Isaiah is now speaking. Some would think it's the watchman speaking, but Bible scholars say this, this it's, it's a little sloppy in its translation, but most Bible scholars say it's Isaiah speaking, and he gives back the answer, Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Remember Assyria was attacking Babylon, and the word comes back to God's people, Babylon. Babylon has fallen. All the images of its gods lie shattered on the ground. And all of a sudden, God's people are like, oh my goodness, if Babylon's been defeated, the Assyrians are going to come for us. This is bad. This isn't good. The method is to be vigilant, and the method is to be vigorous. Number one, we must understand our mission. Number two, we must understand our method. But, but here's the clincher, and I want to leave, with, leave you with this before we come to prayer. Number three, I must understand the message. And I want to explain to you verse 10 down to verse 12, and I think it's going to come to life. Look at verse 10. Isaiah says, my people who are crushed on the threshing floor, I tell you what I've heard from the Lord Almighty, from the God of Israel. I want to talk to you for a moment about winnowing and threshing. I mean, in the ancient agriculture culture, long before they had 
farming equipment like we have today that's, that's powerful and big. They, they had an ancient method of threshing and winnowing. And what they do, they would take the barley stalk, they would take the wheat stalk, and they would, they would place it on a threshing floor, and they would get a threshing sledge, and they'd slam it on the stalk of the wheat or the stalk of the barley. They'd bang it hard on the threshing floor. And the purpose was to separate the, the grain from the stalk. And the only way they could do that was to place it on the threshing floor and beat it, bang it down, smack it with the, the threshing, threshing hammer. And after they, had, after they had broken away the stalk from the grain, they would put the grain on the winnowing screen and they would throw it up in the air And as they throw it up in the air, the wind would separate the chaff, which was the outward shell of the grain that's unedible. And it would separate the outward unedible shell, the the chaff from the grain. They They would winnow it. They would throw it up in the air. But before they did it, they would put the stalk on the threshing floor and they would smack it down and they would beat it up. Now, now look at the screen again. Put it on the screen, verse 10, because Isaiah said, my people who are crushed on the threshing floor. Let me be honest, church. This COVID season feels like we are on the threshing floor. Some of you are, are feeling discouraged. Some of you watching online, you're, you're nervous. Some of you, are, some of you are freaking out. Some of you are panicking about a second wave. Some of you are worried. We've got to wait for a vaccine. Some of you are saying, I'm afraid to go to the store. I'm afraid to come to church. And, and fear has gripped the nation of Canada. And fear has gripped the world. And, 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 and people are panicking. And people are nervous. And, and we feel like we're on a threshing floor. And we feel like the, thre- the threshing hammer is banging down us. Can anybody relate? to that? Anybody getting a little tired of this corona season? It's not easy. And Isaiah said, I'm going to tell you what I've heard from the Lord Almighty, from the God of Israel, verse 11. And now he speaks a prophetic word against Duma. And Duma is, is is a word letter transition of Edom. And in the ancient Hebrew culture, they would mix up letters to, to, to stress a point. And Edom refers to the people of Esau, and it was just south of Israel. And so Edom, Duma, they just mixed letters around, and the word Duma means silence or stillness. He said, a prophecy against Duma, someone calls to me from Seir, and Seir is a place in Edom or Duma. Watchman, what is left of the night? Watchman, what is left of the night? Watchman, how much more night's going to go on? How much more of darkness how much longer is this going to be? And some of you today are like, that's, that's how I feel in this corona. How long is this going to go? How long is it going to be before our church is fully open? How long is it going to be before we can sing? How long is it going to be before this church will be filled again? How long is it going to be before we get back to a sense of normality? And many people are saying, how long? How long? How long is left in the night? And many are feeling down and, and discouraged and and the watchman replies, and this is what I want to leave with you. This is powerful. This is, this, this, I tell you, church, I believe I've got a word for the house today. I believe I've got a word for this church today. I believe I've got a word for the nation of Canada today. I feel the Lord say something to me that I couldn't wait to share with you. And, and the, watchman, the, the watchman replied, morning has come, but also the night. The first two things are words of information. But the last thing the watchman said is a word 
of invitation. He said, if you would ask, then ask, and come back yet again. Now, let me explain this. Morning has come, but also the night. If you would ask, then ask, and come back again. I think there's three things that I want to leave you with. Number one, number one, the message is to speak of dawn. Morning is coming. I, I, I believe the Lord wants me to prophesy over this place. I believe the Lord wants me to speak this over you. I believe the Lord wants me to get this into your spirit. The Lord wants to get this in your spirit. Everyone sitting here today and everyone that's watching online, morning is going to come. We are going to get through this coronavirus season. Morning, 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 morning is going to come. Better days are yet to come. The best is yet to come. We're making lemonade out of life's lemons, but morning, come on, put your hands together. Morning, morning, morning is coming. Morning is coming. But the second thing he said, but also the night, (laughs) you're like, wow, great. Morning's coming, but also the night. And that's to speak of doom. You don't want to hear that. You just don't want to hear that. But here's what I believe the Lord It's been saying to me, and I want you to let this soak in your spirit, that prophecy is not cyclical. Prophecy of end times is linear. And there's stuff that is happening in the world today, i.e., when's the last time you touched money? It's been three months since I've touched money. I haven't touched cash in three months. I'm using my visa. I'm using my debit card. Can anybody see things lining up for a cashless society? Can anybody see things lining up for a one-world government? I can. Can anybody see prophecy all over this? I I believe it's time that the church realizes and people who've who've been running from God would realize that time is short. I think we need to have what Paul said to the church of Rome when he spoke in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, down to verse 12. In Romans chapter 13, verse 11, down to verse 12, the prophet says, understand the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because your salvation is now nearer than when we first believed. I think it's time that God's people wake up. I think that people on planet earth realize that heaven is real and hell is real and Jesus is coming back someday. I think the church has got their greatest moment, their greatest hour to let the world know the answer to life's problem is Jesus Christ. I think we need to realize that we could very well be living in the last days. I'm okay if I don't get to heaven through death, but I get to heaven through the rapture of the church. I'm okay if I don't get this message done and the trumpet sounds and we get to go to be with the Lord God forever. I think this is the church's greatest hour, but I think the church needs to wake up and do all we can to reach people for Jesus Christ. Yes, the morning is coming, but doom is coming. We've got to rise up in the name, in the name of Jesus. Now the third and the final thing, and Pastor Brad, I want you to come on up. I want to take you to the final truth, and this one is really burning in my spirit. Number one, to speak of dawn. Number two, to speak of doom. But number three, to speak of decision. To speak of decision. And church, we're at a place of decision right now. And I want you to stand to your feet at the auditorium, please. If you're at home watching on live streaming, I know you're sitting on your comfortable couch. And can I ask you to stand? If you're in your home right now, just stand. I believe the Lord wants me to speak this over you. 
He said, if you would ask, then ask. And come back yet again. I started to study in the ancient Hebrew word, if you would ask, then ask. And some translators, translators say it means to seek the Lord. It means to inquire of the Lord. Seek the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. Come back again. Come back to what you used to do. Then I started to study the ancient Hebrew word, and you can look this up for yourself. I just Googled Hebrew lexicon, and I typed this verse in, and I found what the ancient Hebrew word to ask or to inquire means or to seek God means. Do you know what the ancient Hebrew word means? I, I, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. It means to cause to swell or to boil up. Boil up. Boil up. Now, 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 don't miss it. Don't miss it. What did he say? If you would ask, then ask and come back yet again. He's calling God's people back to the place where they were boiling up inside of them. Now, now, when my kettle boils, or if I've got a pot of boiling water on the stove ready to put the noodles in it, if I leave the water boiling too long, it boils over onto the stove. Boil up or swell up means to boil over. I think what God is saying in this final thing, here's the decision. God is calling his people to seek his face again. You see, we're not allowed to sing, but we're allowed to worship. Come on, did you get that this morning? Worship is more than a song that we sing. Could it be, just could it be, that one of the reasons why why, why God has allowed the church to not be allowed to sing is so that we can get back to the place of boiling over in prayer and seeking the face of God of Almighty God. If my people would humble themselves, God said this, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal for that. Here's what I feel the Spirit of God saying to me, and we're going to pray in our final moments, just a moment. Our last public prayer time had about 500 people in the building. And I felt the Lord say to me, Mark, you don't like this corona season. You like to sing, and now you got to wear a face shield, and it's no fun. And but God said to me, I'm going to use this season to call my people back to the place of prayer. You, you've been seeing this place jam-packed for a prayer meeting. I felt the Lord say to me, the day's going to come in this house, in this house, that people are going to be lining up to get into a prayer meeting. Now, I'll tell you, church, God has said to me, morning is coming, but the night is coming. If you would ask, then ask and return and come back. I believe the Lord is saying he's calling you and he's calling me to be a 2020 watchman. And a 2020 watchman waits and watches and waits and watches and lingers in the presence of God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew 
their strength. I believe God is saying to this house on this Sunday before Canada Day, boil over with a heart to see the face of God. Come on, watchmen. Lift up your hands all across this place. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We can't sing, but we can pray. Come on, right with your mask on, just begin to call up to God right now before I lead you in prayer. Pray that God would send revival across the nation of Canada. Pray that God would cover your marriage. God would cover your children. Stand on guard for your marriage, sir. Stand on guard for your marriage, ma'am. Stand on guard for your children, parents. Stand on guard for your grandchildren. Stand on guard for your church, Woodville. Stand on guard for the nation of Canada. Stand on guard. I believe that the best days for God God's church is yet to come. I believe that God is about to pour out His Spirit upon all mankind. I believe that the Lord has great days ahead. Amen. Morning is coming. Hallelujah. So, Father, we lift our hands, and I just lead this church in prayer right now. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would send revival across the nation of Canada. I pray, God, from the far west coast of British Columbia to the far east coast of Newfoundland to the far north of this great country that you would pour out your spirit. I pray for every pastor and every church that might be discouraged right now. Lift their hands, God. Help us as a church to be a blessing to those discouraged pastors and those discouraged churches. We pray for Parliament, oh God. We've declared 15 scriptures on this Canada service and we pray in the name of the Lord that parliament and our leaders would seek the face of God. We pray that they would they would not survey man but they would survey the wonderful cross. We pray God that they would get on their knees and seek the face of the Lord. We pray that you'd raise up more men and women in the political realm who have a heart for you. We pray God that you would open heaven over the nation of Canada. We pray that prayer would boil up in this place and boil over in this place. I pray in the name of the Lord, we get back to the place of prayer in the name of the Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that she would send revival across the nation of Canada. You know, God, I pray that you'd raise up watchmen all across this place in every home, all across this church. I pray that this word would soak in the hearts of everyone here today. And I pray that this message would soak in the hearts of everyone that is watching online. And so, God, we now give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Nobody whispered, everybody shouted, amen. Come on, could you put your hands together and celebrate our Lord God? If you're standing here today, you're watching online, and if today was the day that you stepped into eternity, Do you know that you're ready for heaven? I don't want you to think you're ready. I don't want you to hope you're ready. I want you to know that you know that you know that you're ready. And you're watching online today or you're standing in this auditorium and you're not certain that you're ready for heaven. I'd have no greater joy than to lead you in a prayer of making your peace with God. And if you've never asked Jesus into your life, I want to give you this moment. And I want you to join with me as we pray. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow you. I repent of my sin. I make my peace with you. I receive you in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer. You made the best decision of your life. And if you live in the Ottawa area, keep following us online. Join us on site. 
And if you live outside of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, around the world, we will help you find a Bible-believing, life-giving church. And on some of the platforms that we're presenting this service, you can indicate right there that you asked Jesus into your life. And just reach out to us on the chat line or email us, and we're going to come alongside you and help you in your new faith. Come on, friends, put your hands together right now and celebrate salvation. Celebrate salvation. Amen. We'll take a seat. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Whether you joined us online or here on site, we are just honored that you chose to worship with us this morning. If you haven't already, please check out our children's ministry, which is accessible right off of our main website. We'd love for you and your family to engage in the incredible content we have there. Well, if you're joining us on site this morning, don't forget to grab your amazing Canada Day blanket. This is a gift for all those that have joined us here live on site this morning. And uh, we look forward to gathering with you again next week. God bless. Praise the Lord, we're now offline. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. We give God praise. Well, I got a few final things I want to share with you. First of all, I'm so glad that you're here. The Bible tells us that there's something amazing about coming together and fellowshipping. And some of you I haven't seen for over three months. And I'm pretty moved, to be honest. And it's just great to be together with my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And God bless all of our boys and girls, too. Come on. Our boys and girls have been so good, and your children's pastors have created online stuff for all of our boys and girls. Your entire team has been working so hard. So I have a few final announcements. First of all, you heard on your way out, uh, we've got a blanket for you. It's a candidate flag. Take one, one for everybody. And uh, we've also made a decision that there's people in our church because they're elderly, they're, they're over 80, or their system is compromised, and it's not that they don't want to come, they can't come. And so we came up with an idea. We're going to deliver one of these blankets to these people. Isn't that cool? And uh, so I'm setting you up. We need volunteers. And uh, if that's something you'd like to help, and say, you know what? I could drop one off at a door. You could just call the office tomorrow, email Carol Ann, our secretary, and we'll, we'll get you going. And uh, we just think that's just a great move as a church to do that. Secondly, if you're here today and you, you wanted to give by way of envelope and check, there are envelopes, buckets at the back. We, we do encourage you, if you already started the online thing, to stay online because that's just a great way to do it. But if you've come prepared to give and you're like, how do I do it? There's buckets at the back, and uh, we want you to make use of that. The other thing is we're starting next week a brand-new sermon series called Uncomfortable. And because we're in an uncomfortable season, and next week I'm going to talk to you about uncomfortable worship. Does that make sense? I mean, it's been a little awkward today when you're like, I want to sing. You know, Pastor Brad's up there singing, and I want to lift my voice. It's not fair. You know, I know. We're making lemonade, right? And, but God's teaching us stuff, so we're going to talk about uncomfortable worship, about the awkward moments of worship. And I think God is saying to me as a, as a charismatic Pentecostal that there's other ways that I can worship. And I can't wait to, to dialogue with you next week about uncomfortable worship. 
Lastly, so sorry, we can't keep the foyer open. You gotta go right to your car, I know. And we can't do the cafe and hangout yet, but that day will come. Lastly, online annual business meeting tonight. And if you're not a member, watch it. It's on our website. If you're a member, read your emails and uh, come on board around 5.30, quarter to 6. 5.30 be even better and we'll guide you. Make sure you got your ID and password that was sent to you ready, written on a piece of paper. And we'll have our meeting virtually online. History's being made. So we love you. God bless you, Woodville. I'm so pumped to see you. Have a good day.